I think the opportunity is in front of us. The political agenda of reconciliation is there. The the hard work of very smart and dedicated indigenous leaders of yesteryears that contributed to the the, uh, reports such as the Royal Commission on Indigenous Peoples, Truth and Reconciliation Commissions, et cetera, et cetera, uh, which were all... Uh, utilize and incorporate into the Indigenous Circle of Experts report, We Rise Together. All that work is done. The answers are starting to form in front of us. How do we best utilize our time, our knowledge, and our spirit in taking this to the next level? People of Canada. Uh, my name is Stephen Nita. I am a First Nations person from the Tuskegee uh, First Nations in the Northwest Territories. I'm a former chief, former MLA. I was the lead negotiator for Tuskegee in the uh, establishment dis- negotiations with Canada and the government of the Northwest Territories uh, that created Taijinengene Indigenous Protected and Conserved Area. I was also a member of the Indigenous Circle of Experts uh, as part of Canada's Pathways to Target One. We were mandated to ask Indigenous peoples from coast to coast to coast about what type of relationships they would like to have with Crown governments to use some of their territories to help Canada meet its international commitment under the Aisha Accord, which now has migrated to the montreal Comang Accord and the Paris Agreement of uh, 30%. In that endeavor, uh, as part of the Indigenous Circle of Experts, uh, I traveled across the country meeting with Indigenous peoples and leaderships and communities in the West Coast with folks from that region, in the East Coast with folks from that region, here in Yellowknife with uh, folks from Northern northern Territories and Northern Provinces, uh, Western Provinces, and in Winnipeg, uh, folks from Ontario and Manitoba and such. And basically, we asked the question, what type of relationship would you like to have? And then we uh, we took what we heard, drafted a draft report, gathered the folks again in a national gathering, two of them, reviewed the report and finalized the report that we released to Canada and to Canadians in March of 2018. The report is called We Rise Together and it has 48 recommendations, all very much implementable as the Indigenous Circle of Experts consisted of 11 of us Indigenous uh, folks working for our nations and regions in the area of conservation. Along with uh, with us were about nine other individuals from the provincial, territorial, and federal bureaucracies that uh, work in the conservation sector. So those, those recommendations were deeply discussed and are recommendations that can be implemented by all the governments of Canada based on the input from the federal, provincial, territorial bureaucrats that represented their governments in these uh, discussions. The report was accepted widely in Canada and globally as a tool that the governments, academia, philanthropy, and uh, ENGOs are utilizing in their relationship building in support of Indigenous leadership and conservation across Canada. As that process was winding down, 
discussion started to look at creating a, a research type of a project uh, through a proposal to the CERC, Social Social Science and Humanitarian uh, Research Grant, I think that's called. It's a Canadian government uh, uh, grant. And we were lucky to get a seven-year research grant to support the implementation of the 48 recommendations. The research uh, project uh, we created, we named Conservation to Reconciliation Partnership. It consists of uh, six six of us uh, leaders that are, that are managing the process and uh, have uh, been very successful in generating a lot of interest and resulted in over 500 partners across the country and in other parts of the world, all agreeing to support Indigenous leadership in conservation. Today, I work with an international NGO that's focused on social justice, an NGO that's based in Virginia called Nature for Justice. I'm their managing director for Canada, and my focus in Canada is to support Indigenous nations that are advancing IPCAs in their territories. And we are very excited about the tools that have been created through the CRP, through RAD, and looking forward to implementing a lot of those theories and concepts into projects and supporting Indigenous nations to uh, give life to those theories and concepts from coast to coast to coast in Canada and where possible, apply it in other parts of the world. Uh, we operate in support of communities and especially BIPOC communities globally that are on the front lines of climate change. We are dedicated to working with them to support them, supporting them utilizing their uh, territories of life and through support and capacity development of their people and their partners and putting their projects on the marketplace and ensuring that a good, healthy revenue sharing agreements are reached that benefits all the parties to a project. That's the goal of Nature for Justice. Our ultimate goal is to influence 100 million lives globally. And we're very excited to support the space in Canada. The main goal of the Conservation Through Reconciliation was to develop tools that can be used by Indigenous nations, their allies, uh, the NGO communities and governments to support indigenous leadership in conservation. We're four years in, we've got three years left. And as part of the tool uh, making process, we looked at seven different streams of research. One of them was conservation financing, which I uh, took particular interest in, recognizing that, you know, Canada is a huge country with a relatively small tax base. Through research and, and work, I know that Canada's protected area systems under the national parks uh, legislation represents about 4.5% of the total land protected in Canada. They are operating at 70% capacity. There's just not, not, not enough money within their budget to fully fund what's required. And if Canada is going to get to 30% as committed now, there's not going to be a tax base to support uh, the management, operations, and governance of this new protected area. 
We are roughly at uh, 13.8%. We need about 16.2 to complete the 30%. That 16.2% represent land quantum of roughly the size of Manitoba, you know, a little bit bigger. So it's a huge, huge uh, quantum of land. And the opportunity to answer some of the calls to actions around the reconciliation agenda that we, that Canada is embarking on and has been embarking on for the last little while. For Indigenous nations to, to have some semblance of land back in that reconciliation agenda is right in front of us. And to do it for the noble cause of giving nature the one-third solution that is uh, needed to address climate change and the impacts of climate change is even better. So uh, the Conservation Through Reconciliation Partnership and the different seven streams of work is to support that possibility. Today, we know that there's over 100 Indigenous protection conserved areas been declared by Indigenous nations from coast to coast to coast. So there is a great need for those tools for the conservation community to organize and support uh, those nations in giving life to those IPCAs that they declared, giving them the tools and the financial resources so that they could use their value systems, their knowledge, science, responsibilities, and ability to use their rights and to exercise and, and exercise responsibility along with that is in front of us. And we could do it in a way where we don't have to burden the tax base that we create the right policies, regulations, legislations in the provinces and territories that these IPCAs have, that have been declared. In fact, it could be a real a financial boon that create a stable financial environment rooted in conservation, rooted in Indigenous leadership, rooted in Indigenous value systems that has proven to be the best in the world. Today, we know through scientific research and gatherings that indigenous people make up about 5% of the world's population. Yet, they hold 80% of the remaining biodiversity. The nature that is the one-third solution to climate change. And many of our peoples have the, the raw materials within their territories in Canada to support the other two-thirds solutions climate change. So indigenous leadership and not only conservation but land relationships, whether it's economic development, conservation or others, is essential. Uh, we're proven to be the best caretakers of nature. The world needs that. And in Canada we have constitutional rights that are becoming clearer and clearer. So the opportunity to work and build relationship, relationships between Indigenous nations, the provincial governments, territorial governments, and federal governments is right in front of us. And, and we have uh, the opportunity to, to define what reconciliation looks like in the 21st century. And RAD is a group of dedicated individuals 
that are helping build those tools that ensures that Indigenous rights, responsibilities, value systems are centered in creating nature-based solution financing projects that support IPCAs. That would help bring the human relationship, human value systems into carbon offset projects. Today, we see, especially in the global south, where Red Plus projects are created, where the early investment in the human relationship with nature was not valued as high as the carbon sinks and the sequestration capacity of their lands were. The fact is that those human nature relationship in those territories of life globally is the reason why those are the healthiest nature in the world. What we do in RAD, what we're trying to do in RAD is identify what that could look like in the project development by drawing on the experts and expertise that exists within Indigenous communities and creating space for capacity development where where needed. And there's capacity required on both ends of the spectrum. There's capacity required on the indigenous community side and the technical aspects of, of the of the nature of the projects, understanding the global marketplace. There's capacity required by the NGOs and other organizations and individuals that want to support indigenous nations in advancing IPCAs. There's capacity required at the provincial and territorial government level. There's very little knowledge about the carbon markets and and how they could qualify, and more importantly, how they can influence the the matriculation of the marketplace. And I think going into Fredericton, we have the opportunity to think how we can influence that marketplace by centering Indigenous rights, responsibilities, and knowledge systems. What is it that can be done uh, that will help all these parties that that is required to get a large protected area off the ground today? I think the opportunity is in front of us. The political agenda of reconciliation is there. The The hard work of very smart and dedicated Indigenous leaders of yesteryears that contributed to the, the uh, reports such as the Royal Commission on Indigenous Peoples, Truth and Reconciliation Commissions, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, which were all uh, utilized and incorporated into the Indigenous Circle of Experts report, We Rise Together. But all that work is done. The answers are starting to form in front of us. How do we best utilize our time, our knowledge, and our spirit in taking this to the next level and creating high integrity, high value, nature-based solutions projects in Canada that can influence the marketplace globally? Give nature that one-third solution opportunity that we all need, that our future generations need. Well, there's some proto- uh, protocols and templates already. Saiganangana is a good example of one. Uh, Deje here in the North East Territories as well. Tieta, which is a, a, a newly minted one, which is a, a relationship between the Satu, Jane, and Metis and the GWT. You know, the, uh, the Haida started this whole process with uh, negotiating uh, an agreement with Canada where they both agreed to disagree on a fundamental area. Uh, and I and I 
I highly recommend using this methodology to move beyond the de- disagreement of jurisdiction. Like in Haida and Saidan and Nina, the first line pretty much says that this guy is saying this is our land. We have the, the authority and the right and responsibility to do it. And Canada's next, uh, Canada's turn, and they said the same thing. So obviously there's a conflict in who has jurisdiction. But the third line says, okay, we, we agree to disagree on who has jurisdiction, but we agree that this area is important enough that we will work together to protect it. So agreeing to, uh, coming to agreement is essential, and even agreeing to disagree can get you to an agreement that can create a, and realize IPCAs. So that's one, that's one template. Uh, the Great Bay Rainforest and their carbon projects is one of the, the largest in North America and the largest by, uh, by uh, land mass is considered very successful. So we have a, a great example here in Canada already. And that took uh, willing governments uh, and progressive uh, initiatives to, to accomplish that. We're not starting from scratch. Uh, but we we still have uh, the, the market is still nimble enough that we can still influence it by utilizing by introducing our value systems that we are part of nature and what we do to nature we do to ourselves and create uh, examples of what that could look like in a first world environment where constitution and indigenous rights are are recognized that can hopefully influence the marketplace so that that marketplace can compete with the Canadian carbon markets by doing good for Indigenous and other uh, people on the front lines of climate change across the world. Right now, the greatest threat to the carbon market is the integrity of the carbon projects itself. And the uh, lack of integrity is because of a lack of uh, of human re- relation to nature uh, and space. We gotta be able to influence the marketplace enough so that their capacity to benefit from the strengths of indigenous peoples globally that have their highest level of respectful relationship with their territories. When we talk about capacity, way too often we think about the capacity, lack of capacity of indigenous people, and it's that type of unilingual type of thinking that got us in this problem in the first place. Biodiversity needs cultural diversity, linguistic diversity. You know, the uh, as a, as I indicated in Canada, we are on a on a reconciliation path. What does that look like? That looks to me, you know, that. It's about respecting knowledge systems that, that's there. Not assuming that one knowledge system is uh, better or dominant than the other. Especially when we do know today that indigenous peoples have the healthiest lands in the world. To me, that should be the best example. And in a, in a free market economy, you invest in what works best. So... How do we ensure that the global investors are investing in what works best? Is by supporting their capacity needs, as well as the capacity needs of the folks on the ground whose relationship on the, with their territories can benefit the global community. It sounds complicated, but it's really not that complicated. You know, it's just 
Sometimes it just means uh, giving responsibility away. <laughs> <laughs>